Hello there. And as this week is the week leading up to this year's Extreme Rules, the horror show, or the horrible show as it'll probably be known this, the current WWE, um, I thought I was going to go back uh, this week and do some reviews of some past Extreme Rules events, uh, ones that I've actually enjoyed, to be fair, and I've got a couple of them on DVD, a few of them, so I just thought I'd go back and do some reviews from the past and here talk about some wrestling that I actually like for a change, unlike today's product, so get some positive reviews going so we've got here and first one i'm going to do is extreme rules 2012 which was the first match back of brock lesnar when he came back to the wwe and of course it was the big massive blockbuster match against john cena that's what this pay-per-view was basically sold on uh, that's why I ended up buying this DVD. I wasn't able to get it on pay-per-view, but I heard about how great it was and bought the DVD and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. So I've just had a chance to recently re-watch this. So I'm going through it. We'll go through it from top to bottom there. Uh, first up, the first match is quite good fun, actually. It's uh, Randy Orton versus Kane in a Falls Count Anywhere match. It's the stream rules as the pay-per-view, so you start with a pay- um, the match with a stipulation match. Makes sense. And yeah, Randy Orton versus Kane rematch from WrestleMania. Uh, this is a fun match, good good opener. Uh, a lot of it early, early doors is quite exciting as well. There's a lot of fighting backstage, which kind of falls. It reminds you a little bit of the old hardcore matches and back in the Attitude Era, which is fun. Uh, I guess it goes on a little bit too long, but towards the end, but so it drags a tiny bit. For the most part, this is a fun, enjoyable opener. Strong, good finish when Randy Orton. RKO's Kane on the chair for the win, so um, better than the WrestleMania match, which was largely forgettable. So, from because the, they had a match at WrestleMania 28 just a month before this, but yeah, this show gets off to a good start, good strong start. Up next, we've got uh, Brotus Clay against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, this was the Funkasaurus Brotus Clay. Uh, not gonna lie, I actually quite like that character. It was fun, nothing great. You're never gonna get a big main event out of it, but it was fun. He did it well. It's the only time I've ever found Naomi remotely entertaining when she was with the Funkadactyls. So there you have it. So yeah, this was actually quite good fun. He's against Dolph Ziggler. He beats Ziggler. It's a fairly quick match. It's it's filler, but it's fine. Brotus Clay was having a little bit of momentum at this time, so it got him a pay-per-view and it was fine. Didn't go on too long. Jack Swagger was at ringside with... Uh, Ziggler and interferes at one point which allows Ziggler to get in some offence so at least when Ziggler gets in some offence it's believable because another big guy sort of big guy helped him out so yeah but in the end Brotus wins clean as he should celebrates fun it was good fun and remember with CM Punk the uh, a year later would go on about eh you got a monster like Brutus Clay joking and jiving with the kids eh shut up punk honestly it's the only time this guy's been remotely over in his career like remember when he was tied as an impact yeah most people don't either so there you go but eh that shows you well CM Smart knows eh, more about him later uh, up next, Big Show versus Cody Rhodes in a tables match for the Intercontinental title. Uh, this is kind of a nothing match, but it doesn't outstay its welcome, to be honest. It's only a few minutes. Uh, the, the finish is actually quite well done here, to be fair. You've got uh, Big Show's about to try and get in the ring. Cody does his kick, I think it was disaster kick. And then Big Show's foot goes through the table. So technically, Big Show is put through the table. So... Cody Rhodes wins in the most realistic way possible. So the match itself, nothing to write home about, but it was 
fine and the finish is actually quite well done then Big Show puts them through a table you know what in many ways this feud served its purpose Big Show won the IC belt at Wrestlemania the month before to give him a Wrestlemania victory uh, singles victory Cody gets the Intercontinental title back which to be fair he's a perennial mid-carder so that's exactly what he is all this nonsense that he was misused in WWE and he's this big major star because he was main eventing on the indies it's like come on I don't think he's a terrible performer at all I really don't I think he actually did some of his gimmicks were fine in WWE I actually think he'd done his dashing thing quite well I know the anti-smarts absolutely hate him but I'm not a fan of him he seems like an absolute obnoxious SGW shite bag in real life but as a performer he was fine in WWE. I actually think he was okay. I think having him in the mid card when I see title reigns was exactly where he needed to be. So there you go. Um, uh, having him as this big, huge face of the company main eventer in AEW, well, 700k viewers, enough said. Anyway, we come next to Sheamus against Daniel Bryan, which is a two or three falls match for the World Heavyweight title. Uh, this match is pretty good. It's pretty good. This the match beforehand. This is a rematch from WrestleMania twenty eight, the eighteen second debacle, which really backfired on WWE big time. They tried to bury Daniel Bryan, and it it just didn't work. Um, I will say this for a smart favorite, Daniel Bryan is possibly the best smart favorite I have ever seen, because this guy actually gets wrestling. His character work is great, as we've seen down the years. He's always improved. He's a good talker. He does have charisma. Would you position him as the number one top face of the company? Marketably wise, no, not really. But he is a great performer. So I will always give him that. And um, so I never really liked what they'd done with him at, at WrestleMania 18, 18 seconds squash. Other smart favourites, if they'd done that to somebody like, say, a Sami Zayn, I'd piss myself laughing because Sami Zayn fucking sucks. But Daniel Bryan... Great performer. This match is quite solid. And, and in a way, it's actually quite a good stipulation to have because you've got that Seamus, um, because of what happened beforehand, the 18-second thing, it was caught by a fluke, whatever. So making it two or three falls is like, okay, you have to be the better man to win it. And that's what happens. Seamus retains. The match drags a little bit, but it's solid. It's not great, but it's good enough. Perfectly watchable. Not bad at all. Up next, we get to Ryback in a handicap match against two jobbers that no one's ever heard of and probably has never heard of ever since. Well, when I say that, uh, they're, they're probably main event and impact nowadays with the way things are going there, but still, anyway. Uh, this was during the time when Ryback was basically squashing jobbers every week on TV for a while. Um, Again, this match is just complete filler. You can sort of see it's placed right in between the two world title matches, so it's it's basically a piss break, basically. It's put in there, but it's not bad. It's actually not bad. It actually does kind of tie into the Extreme Rules stipulation because it's got a stipulation, at least with it being a handicap match, so he, he squashes two jobbers and at the same time instead of just one, like he was doing on TV. It got him on a pay-per-view. It kept people in people's minds when they were building them up for a bit. So I've no issue with this match. It's it's completely forgettable. It's complete filler, but it only lasts a couple of minutes. No harm done. Really, no harm done in it. Up next, we get to CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. Chicago Street Fight. Um, this is a great match. I really love this. And I love the build-up to it too, because you watch the video package and you've got reminds of 
when uh, Jericho was bringing in, it was uh, basically calling CM Punk an alcoholic and things like that and bringing in other real life issues. So it actually made for good TV and some great segments, like when he smashed the Jack Daniels bottle over CM Punk's head. Great segment. Great segment, I remember that. And then it also showed you the sobriety test where CM Punk, they were, he pretends to be drunk, but then he goes out, does his alphabet, and then beats up Jericho. So, brilliant segment, entertainment. See, back then, even though WWE was still PG in 2012, there was still entertainment. I was still enjoying the product a lot back then. Uh, while I've been... While I don't like CM Punk and his attitude, I do like him as a performer. That's where I can draw the line. As a performer, I think he's excellent. I really do, and I think this is a great match. He's got a lot of charisma, I, th I think as well, he's a great promo. He's been in some great segments. So while a lot, I do think a lot of the time the pipe bomb did a lot of damage, I will always give the devil his due and say that CM Punk is a great performer. And I was a fan of him. I became less and less of a fan of him over the years when you see what he's like in real life. Like the stuff he was saying about Miz a few months back about, oh, what was it, he's sucking Saudi dick money or something like that. What an asshole. He is, he in real life, but I'll always give the devil his due as a performer. Great performer. This is a fantastic match. They had a really good match at WrestleMania 28, but this was even better. Putting the stipulation in, it, it made sense. Some really good stuff in this match. Uh, yeah, absolutely great. Great stuff. Uh, second to last, we've got Nikki Bella versus Layla. So there's a, there's a backstage segment where... In, Beth Phoenix is informed by Eve Torres. And I've got to say, though, Eve was uh, John Laurinaitis' assistant at this time. So it was sort of a, in a sort of authority role. Uh, she was great in this segment. I will say Eve Torres, massively underrated. Massively underrated talent. Not only was she gorgeous, but a great performer as well. She was actually really good in this uh, role. She she really excelled, especially when she turned heel a couple of months earlier with the whole um, Cena and Zack Ryder thing. Yeah, it's really, really great underrated performer. So I like Eve Torres a lot. She very good, very entertaining, charismatic. Uh, so she informs uh, apparently Beth Phoenix was meant to have a match, but she's not cleared. She informs Beth Phoenix she's not cleared. The Bellas are all happy about this and saying, "Oh yeah," when they're bad acting because let's be real, they're terrible actors. Uh, but then Eve, who's actually good at acting, tells them that they, she's still she's still going to have a match. She still has to defend the title, so she goes out there, uh, takes on Layla. I think she makes a comeback, I believe. I think this is what happened here. They have a short but quite entertaining little match here, to be honest. That actually is. See, people talk about the Divas era and, oh, it's so much better now. Just because a match is kind of short, it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, they go out there, they work well. Well, I said Nikki Bella's bad at acting. I actually think she's good in the ring. I genuinely actually do, because the smarts don't give her enough credit for that. She actually is, and this is quite an enjoyable match. The finish is quite well done as well because they try and do twin magic, bind the referees back, but then Layla just pins Brie instead and wins the title. So there you go. This was quite an enjoyable little match. It's only a few minutes, but they do well in it. It's entertaining while it lasts. Not the most memorable thing you'll ever see, but it's fine. It's fine. I'd rather watch this again than sit through Charlotte and Rhea Ripley for 20-odd minutes at WrestleMania this year. That... Honestly, I like Charlotte and everyone, but that match bored the shit out of me. I'll just be honest with you. Just because something's long now, these women's matches are long nowadays, doesn't mean they're necessarily exciting. That's all I've got to say about that. But we come now to the main event. John Cena against Brock Lesnar. 
this is an outstanding match. This is brilliant. And when you see the video packages again, the build-up was outstanding. Not only was it Lesnar came back the night after Mania 28, F5 Cena, and the build-up, you also had a pull-apart brawl when he busted Cena's mouth open. That was great stuff. Fantastic build-up. And then you've seen the pre-taped interviews when Lesnar... I do not ever want to hear shit that Lesnar can't talk because he is great in these interviews. He's great when he's talking about how he was, should be back to be the face of the company and how that Cena's got piss running down his leg and things like that. Honestly, Brock Lesnar does not need Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman needs Brock Lesnar. That's what I would say about that. But uh, more about Heyman, because I'm going to be reviewing Extreme Rules 2014, but I'm, I'll have more to say about Heyman uh, on that review, but as I'd rather speak about Cena and Lesnar, because Heyman wasn't with Lesnar at this point in time. I didn't need him. Just didn't need him because uh, Lesnar, this match is fantastic. Just absolutely brilliant. Lesnar busts Cena open in the first few minutes of this match. But it's not just that. It feels like a real fight. It feels like a proper big fight. And it's fantastic in the way it's done. Now, and um, it even features, like, Lesnar's F5 is kicked out of, but it's semi-protected because when EF5 Cena, Cena's feet hit the referee, so the referee's down. So there is a pause before another referee comes in to make the count. So there's an excuse for the false finish. It's not as if it's a bunch of false finishes and then a bunch of kickouts like that absolute garbage fest that his match with McIntyre was. I sure that was just a joke. Two guys doing finishers for five minutes. Fucking nonsense. But this was actually fantastic. This was really an incredible match. The finish is well, incredibly well done as well. When they've got the stairs and then Cena's, Lesnar's about to run to the rope where Cena's on the outside, but he hits him with a chain. And then uh, I'm going to say FUs rather than attitude adjustments because this feels like an FU match rather than an EA match. He FUs Lesnar on the, uh, the steps, pins him. You could argue it's odd that Lesnar loses his first match back. Yeah, it didn't hurt him. At the end of the day, it didn't hurt him. Did Cena need this win? No. But did it hurt Lesnar? No. So no harm done, really, in the end. If anything, though, they, they wanted to tell... If they knew fine well they were going to do John Cena versus The Rock the next year at WrestleMania 29, and they were going to down the, go down the Cena needs redemption, and that's the stupid route they went down, maybe it would have been better if Lesnar had won this and they could have flung back and said, look at Cena's year. Oh, no, he's not been champion all year. He lost to The Rock. He lost to Lesnar. You could actually have put it in there, but no, he actually beat, like, they're talking about him having a terrible year, but yeah, he beat Lesnar in his first match back, but, oh well, let's, let's not, let's just forget about that though, but still, it doesn't take away, this is an outstanding match, possibly the, definitely one of the best since Lesnar came back, one of the best of his career, um, I don't know if it's the absolute best, but it's, it's up there, it's got great rewatchability value, uh, an outstanding main event, outstanding, just great stuff. So this was one of those ones where the big matches, the two major big matches absolutely delivered. There was a good solid match with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. Good solid match with Orton and Kane. And the, even the filler stuff was fine. It was all quite watchable. The Ryback stuff, fine. The Divas title, fine. And then the uh, Dolph's, um, Brooks Clay and Dolph Ziggler, that was fine too so there was nothing bad about this show all in all it's all positives that's all I can take and even re-watching it back the three hours went in really quickly just because I was enjoying it that's why and then that's 
glad I bought that DVD all those years back. So, yeah, Extreme Rules 2012. Very, very solid show. Highly enjoyable. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favour. There's, there's a couple of matches you can miss, but definitely watch the Chicago Street back and absolutely, certainly watch Cena and Lesnar. Amazing. Th thanks very much. Coming up next will be Extreme Rules 2014 review.